It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.07 on a Saturday morning. We're broadcasting live this morning from the 39th annual Spring Atlanta Home Show at the Cobb Galleria. The Lawn and Garden Show, of course, will be here at 9 o'clock this morning. Dave Baker will take the helm at 9 and go to the Home Fix-It Show. The um, Belinda Skelf will be down in the Red Hair Landscape Garden down at the other corner of the Exhibition Hall from later this afternoon for her show. But if you want to come to the Home Show and get in for free, it's easy to do. There are already people who have come to sit and watch and ask questions. If you'll get here between now and 9 a.m. and say the password, which is reliable at the front door of the Cobb Galleria, then you can come watch the broadcast and ask your questions, bring your weeds, bring your pictures of whatever you have in your landscape and have me identify them. And then when the gates open at 10 o'clock, you get to go into the Home Show for free. My number on Lawn and Garden, of course, 404 872 0750 We got Gertrude on the line way out in Bremen, Georgia. And let's get her on. Hey, Gertrude, good morning. Hey, good morning. How can but, I help? Well, um, I've got a, and I've, I looked it up, it's a lancelate shaped leaf. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're coming up. Uh, the the person who used to live here before, they planted a lot of these little bulb things. And I think they're multiplying. I think they're tulips. But I want to know how to get rid of them. I've pulled up a lot of them. It seems like they continue to come up, and I can't <laughs> seem to get them all up or find them. Um, I was pulling them during the uh, winter and the, the fall and the winter, uh, and I've noticed there's a lot of them coming up. But I want to plant something like some um, a herb, uh, maybe some mint. And uh, also, uh, it, it, it has a morning sun back there. Uh, it's the area is about five feet, most uh, about five feet twelve inches. Let's, uh, let's about go back five, to the bulb uh, identification. I need to know what this bulb long, is, sorry, Gertrude. What is it growing there that that is growing that you want to get rid of? Is why do you think it's a tulip? Well, I'm, I mean, I'm, I really don't know what it is. It, it, it grow, grows up tall, and then it opens. I think they're yellow. All these things are yellow. And then tall it, meaning how tall does it get? Oh, gosh, maybe two, three feet high. Wow. Maybe, okay. maybe not quite that high, maybe about two feet high. And have you actually dug it to find the bulb and see what's in the ground underneath? Mm, no. Gertrude. <laughs> wow. All right, first... First, we need to identify what the plant is, because mm -hmm. I can't tell you what to do unless I sort of have an idea of whether it is a bulb or whether it comes up from the roots every year or whether it's a perennial that you might want to dig and save and put in another part of the yard to enjoy or whether, you know, I just need to know more about it. Oh, okay. I need to... I can give you general uh, uh, advice, which would be spray it with a non-selective weed killer like Roundup. Go out there and just spray the green leaves and you can wait seven days and plant all the mint that you want to. And frankly, if you're growing mint, I'm thinking to myself, hey, the mint will take care of it. Mint is a very aggressive ground cover and many times will crowd out anything else you've got growing there. Well, actually, there was some mint left and it's, it's about kill the mint. I mean, it's it's okay. just taking over the mint. Can't even see, you know, like last uh, summer, I couldn't even see the 
the mint. Loosen the ground just a little bit to make the mint happy. Give it a little fertilizer, some mm-hmm. miracle Grow, perhaps, and watch the mint go to town. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. If it ever blooms, if it ever blooms, Gertrude, go take a picture of the bloom and a picture of the leaves on my website at WalterReeves.com. There's a button you can click on that says Name That Plant. And you simply upload the pictures and hope that somebody that, that clicks in the name of that plant area will say, oh, I know what that is, and send you a little note that says this is this and this is, you know, how to know that's what you have. Okay, that's we'll how to identify again, things. Walter, Walter All right. Reeves. WalterReeves.com. Okay. All righty. All right. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling, Gertrude. Interesting question. We've got to figure out what it is. Once we do that, then we'll know what to do about it. Sue is in Dunwoody and joins us. Hey, Sue, good morning. Hi, Walter. Yes, dear? I have 700 square feet of zoysia in my front yard. It's well established. It is greening up, and so I thought you would let me put my first uh, fertilizer on it this afternoon. Um, no. Sue, 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 Sue. Okay. The question is not me letting you, it's <laughs> the zoysia letting you, because it's uh, frankly a question of whether the zoysia will benefit from you putting the fertilizer down. You want to put the fertilizer down because you want the zoysia to look nice and green and pretty as it always has. Right. But until the zoysia has roots that are spreading and growing rapidly in the soil, they can't absorb anything. Okay. And you may pull a little zoysia up right now and say, oh, look, it's got a little root on it right now. That should be able to fertilize that. But until the zoysia is 70, at least 70%, if you go out today when the sun comes up and say, you are 70% green right now, so no, I will not. let you, and the zoysia will let you fertilize today. No, if it's, it's not. 50% right. or less, then, Sue, we wait till another day. All right. You know, I was trying to time it with the rain. Yeah, no, I was thinking that's exactly what you were doing, trying to get it out before the rain comes. Yep. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Yes, I'll wait. Okay. All right. Thanks, Walter. Sue, thanks okay. so much for calling. Bye. See, there are lots of things that are sort of done according to the weather, what you should or shouldn't do according to the weather. In just a few minutes, I have my friend Norm Mitleider here to talk about Japanese maples and what you should do about Japanese maples that got a little zipped by the cold weather last week. We'll talk about that with Norm in a little minute. But right now, we go back to DJ, who's in Decatur, Georgia. Hey, DJ. Good morning. Good morning, sir. There's a product called Weed and Feed. Yeah. And is it beneficial, and when, when should you use it? Well, you just heard me lecture Sue about part of that. Okay, but, okay, but the weed uh, part of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of it depends. It's not as simple as just saying, oh, look, I have a bag of weed and feed. What, right. you know, I'll put it out according to whatever the label says. The question many times comes down to what weeds are you trying to control? And just because it says weed and feed does not necessarily mean it's going to control the weeds that you have. Yeah. If you, for instance, have um, nut sedge, that's a good example. Nut sedge is not controlled by any of the bagged weed and feed products, period. Mm. Just not. If you put it down on Bermuda grass and zoysia that have a lot of weeds in it, before they really have greened up, you're sort of feeding the weeds. Weeds, as you, you know this, DJ, you looked out in your lawn and you saw it. There's lots of weeds out there right now that are 70% or 100% greened up. And they appreciate that fertilizer and they may not be as um, controlled as you would like by the weed control product you have in that, in that bag. Right. My preference, 
All right, you know what I'm going to say. My preference is to do a pre-emergent in February, March, maybe each year, and to know what weeds you have, and to use a weed killer product that is separate from the feed product, the fertilizer product. So you fertilize, like I told Sue, when things are 80 or 90% green, and you do the weed control at the proper time for pre-emergent and for spot spraying the clover and the chickweed and the onions and the whatever you got out there. But knowing what you have and then sort of matching the two together is, I think, a lot better than putting a bag of weed and feed, which may or may not serve either, either uh, purpose very well. I understand. There's a powdered lime product at one of the box stores. Mm-hmm. What, what is that generally used for? Because, that's a great question, DJ. There are so many listeners right now who don't know quite what lime is for. I'll tell you what it is. I went to the University of Georgia and majored in chemistry, by the way, DJ, so I can tell you I'm fully qualified. The, the purpose of lime is to make soil not be as acid as it wants to be. Georgia clay soils tend to be on the acid side, and acid soils don't, don't allow plant roots to absorb fertilizer and nutrients like they would like. So if you have an acid soil, you put your fertilizer down, and some of that, soil, some of that fertilizer is wasted because the pH is so low, soil is so acid, that the, uh, the plants can't take up the nutrients. So you put lime out. Lime is something that raises pH. It makes the soil less acid, and it makes sure that your full dollar's worth of fertilizer is going a full dollar's worth of benefit for the plants. So there's lime being sold, of course, and there's two, I think there are two kinds of lime you might find, DJ. One is called quick-acting, fast-acting, I think, lime. Pelletized. Yeah, and there's other that's pelletized lime. The difference between the two is literally how fast they act. The pelletized lime will take easily five or six months before it really affects the pH of the soil. The fast-acting lime has been ground so it's so finely powdered that it dissolves faster and makes the pH change that much more rapidly. But but there's one that looks like powder and it's white. It's it's not it's, pelletized. It's just yeah, it's, it'll work the same as the pelletized. The pelletized is done that way simply to make it easier to put into a spreader. Uh, but the pelletized and the powdered lime, unless it says fast acting on the bag, the pelletized and the powdered lime will act again within five or six months of putting it down. Okay. Thank you, sir. DJ, if you ask another interesting question like that, I might let you be, let you be a regular on the show. Okay. That was a great. That was a great question. Ask me some of those weird questions, and I will love talking to you about it. It's seven seventeen. We'll be back after this. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Mid seventies, the high today. If you need to get out and get the gardening done, there might be a chance of rain overnight. So things could be planted today. That would be very, very nice. Overnight lows down to the mid fifties. Not very chilly overnight at all. Full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Chris is in McDonough and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Chris, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How can I help? Uh, we uh, got like four houses built out there in Milner, um, and our builder uh, threw down what I was told was uh, junky sod. All right. Um, and I was basically trying to find out what we need to do as far as watering it or trying to care for it um, or what we need to do. When did he plant the side, or as you say, threw down? <laughs> when did he uh, throw down that yeah. side, Chris? Yeah, uh, well, it was last week. Um, yeah. So, I mean, they didn't roll it out or nothing like that. They just 
Yeah, so, if it was just last week, Chris, you could do that side of benefit by going and renting one of those rollers and rolling it nice and tight to the ground so the side on the corners, as it, types, as it dries out, you know, the side will lift up on the corners. But if you can wet it, irrigate it, in other words, not heavily, but just enough to wet the sod and then put the roller over the top of it to mash it down, just like you would do a carpet, let's say, you're installing in your house. But uh, roll the sod down. And there's no fertilizer necessary. I've said more than once this morning, no fertilizer until it's greened up pretty good to 70 or 80% green. And that can be just any starter fertilizer might be a better choice than regular turf fertilizer, but starter fertilizer once it's green. Okay. Um, how often should we water it? It's going to depend some on your judgment. You decide it's it's relatively greeny brown right now, isn't it? How, what color is it? It's not even it's not even really green. It's more like a brown color. Okay, um, you don't want the side to dry out. Bermuda side can be installed in the wintertime without a whole lot of problem, as long as the owner, meaning you, uh, doesn't let it dry out, Chris. And so the amount of water is whatever it takes, and you know, compare that to what the rain applies to it naturally. Just don't let the sod dry out. That's what your your purpose is trying to do, and keep the soil underneath the sod a little moist too, so the roots can get down into it as quick as they like. But rolling okay, it, see. I think, right now to keep it nice and tight to the soil would be the best thing you could do for that new sod. Okay, because see, I read somewhere that um, that you should water it every day to keep the to, until the the roots. Take, uh, take hold or whatever. That might be possible, but that's going to be your judgment. you got to be there at the house and lift the side and put your hand on the side and see how wet or dry or whatever it is. I'm not going to tell you every day or every other day because I'm not there and I don't know. So just keep it moist. Keep it moist. That's the rule. All right. Thanks, sir. All right. All right. Thanks for calling, Chris. 404-872-0750, the number on Lawn and Garden. This is this is Lawn and Garden. We're broadcasting live from the 39th Annual Spring Atlanta Home Show. AtlantaHomeShow.com. For details, we'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. A small but enthusiastic crowd <laughs> at the Cobb Galleria this morning. We're broadcasting live. There will be a lot of people come bumping through that door around 8.30 this morning. Nobody, you know, is uh, listening to the show thinking, oh, boy, I better get there really, really early because they're thinking if I get there just before 9 o'clock, I get into the home show for free. So we have a crowd of folks who are asking questions early. They get the best attention from me, and then there will be a whole bunch that will come in around 8.30 that will want to see what's really going on here. We're broadcasting, as I mentioned, live from the 39th Annual Spring Atlanta Home Show. For details about the show and ticket prices and how to get in free, that sort of thing, go to atlantahomeshow.com. But there are 320, 50, something like that, vendors here of everything you need for the inside, the outside, and around and about to decorate and beautify your home. It's well worth your while if you're thinking of doing any kind of spruce up, fix up, repair up. Uh, heating and air uh, work because Reliable Heating and Air sponsors our broadcast stage this morning. During the year, whenever somebody asks me about Japanese maples, I'm always thinking, 
What would Norm say? Because my friend Norm Mitleider is, I think, the acknowledged Japanese maple guru around Atlanta. And Norm was nice enough to send me an email yesterday or the day before, I think, Norm saying, here's what I'm seeing on Japanese maples, and here's what I think ought to be done. So listen up. If you are a Japanese maple lover and worried a little bit about what your maple is doing right now, I've got the expert here this morning. So Norm, what are you seeing? What do you see about Japanese maples? Well, there's a, actually an, <clears throat> a mixed response to the cold. Uh, some of them, uh, actually a lot of them, really didn't get hit that hard. Not bad, yeah. Uh, but there are a few that really uh, got toasted. The, the leaves got burnt. Um, and it's those that you need to be concerned with. Yeah. And as I mentioned, uh, you need to not be too concerned about fertilizer right away but there is a product called super thrive it's something that uh, bonsai people use when they transplant their trees it helps with the stress and um, so what i would recommend doing is once a week mix the appropriate amount in with a gallon of water and do a soil drench on the around the base of the trees. My, I believe I've seen little bottles of Super Thrive, Super Thrive at Pike. I believe I have seen it at Pike. Right, if that's not, quite you can buy possible. it online too. Super Thrive, is, as Norm says, is a minerals, vitamins, magic elixir, potion stuff that has been used for 50 or 60 years by people like the bonsai folks and others who swear by its effectiveness. So Super Thrive is one thing that Norm recommends for the toasted Japanese maples. So what else? Well, that should be done, that should be applied once a week for about a month. And then after four weeks, then uh, I would use uh, something like Hollytone that has an NPK of 343. Yeah. Um, and do that once now, or once at the end of the four weeks, and then once again in the fall. So you don't think that there's been any lasting permanent damage to the Japanese maples that even if the ones that got toasted they're going to eventually put out new growth as long as they get a little care now yes um, they they will relief however the new leaves that do come out will be much smaller than the originals because ah. it's the second burst uh -huh. so they don't have as much energy in reserve to put out a a larger leaf. What do you think about hydrangeas? I know that many people who have Japanese maples have hydrangeas too, so what's your observation on hydrangeas? Again, just like the trees, there are some that really got burnt. I was actually at one of my clients the other day looking at her garden, and right next to each other you had one hydrangea that was perfectly fine, mm -hmm. and the other one totally brown. Hmm. So, <laughs> so it's watching and waiting. Yes. Fingers crossed. Yes. And as long as you have some green buds on the stems, you're you're good. All right. And possible blooms coming from those green buds, but yes. we really don't know. I think it'll be. What do you think? A week or two, maybe, before you have what I call the little cauliflowers. You know, in hydrangeas, where the flower buds first start out, they look like little tiny cauliflowers in the bud, yep. and that way you'll know you're going to have flowers from that eventually during uh, May, during the summertime. But I think for hydrangeas, 
Japanese maples, other plants, and figs, oh my gosh. Um, you just have to wait and see. There's not much that can be done other than with the toasted Japanese maples using Super Thrive and then very slow release organic fertilizer after that, help them come back and, and have their second flush of uh, leaf growth on them. So that's our coverage of freeze damage, Japanese maples and uh, hydrangeas and some of the other toasty things. Boy, the figs. Did you see the figs? There's a couple of figs that just looked burned because of the damage done to some of those great big leaves that had already appeared. I was yes. pretty impressed by that. 41 minutes past the hour. Ross's turn to come online. Hey, Ross, join us on Lawn and Garden. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. How's it going? Doing great, Ross. How can we help? Well, I'm a first-time homeowner. The home was built new of last year, I believe. Uh, Bermuda sod was put down late May, and yeah. basically I just watered it all summer. Tried to keep up with it as best I could, and uh, didn't get a real nice bright green lawn, but I guess comparable to my neighbors around, it was, uh, I guess, about average. But um, okay. I'm looking to see if there's any way I can fertilize maybe this first early spring, get something going where I can have a nice bright green yard. I'm entering to the neighborhood, so I'd like to have something to show off. <laughs> you don't want the poor people in Noonan to think that you are a newcomer and not not interested in having the best looking lawn in the neighborhood. Yeah. Tell me about so, it. I'm out of this apartment, so I gotta I gotta make it look nice. Yeah. So you've heard me three or four times already this morning. You don't fertilize yep. Bermuda until it's eighty or ninety percent green. That's a yep. given. Then for the rest of the summertime, two, maybe three applications of any turf brand, turf fertilizer you care to use, Pennington, Scott, uh, Lesco, whatever you got, put it out. But two or three times is probably appropriate at about six or eight week intervals during that time. You got, it sounds like an irrigation system, right? I do not. So I'm basically okay. just setting up sprinklers, moving them around, okay. stuff like that. Then the simple answer is listen to the weather report. When it's about to rain, it's within the six to eight week period that you need to put the fertilizer down. Then put your fertilizer out, even if you have to hurry home from work, get it done. But uh, put the fertilizer out and uh, that will green that Bermuda up so much that you'll be swearing at me and having to mow so much by the end of the summer <laughs> that you'll wish you had not done all this. Hey, well, I'd like that problem. Well, um, your your so neighbors will be impressed. <laughs> So another question about fertilizer, I guess more specifically, is I picked up some 520, uh -huh. um, and I put that down kind of, I guess, late summer and didn't really seem to get a whole lot of effect out of it. Um, I don't know if that's like a good number to be put down. I was told by a neighbor he puts down 10, 10, 10. Mm. Um, so I guess I'm just not sure what's the best. Yeah, the 520 would be something that, in my view, it would be better used for landscape shrubs, trees, things like that. The first number, okay. that nitrogen number, the 5% you had on your bag there. Yep. Uh, many times from a master gardener classes in Atlanta, I've talked about how John Travolta put his finger in the air as he was dancing on the, uh, the uh, movie that he starred in. And the movie uh, poster that we've all seen was John Travolta in his white suit. And that first number, that first number of the fertilizer bag stands for that finger that John had pointed in the air, which stands for what part of the plant nitrogen affects, which is the leaves. We heard Norm a minute ago talk about using a slow-release nitrogen source to make your leaves on your Japanese maples come out. 
So for lawn fertilizer, the first number needs to be in the at least 15 and hopefully 20 and maybe as high as 29%. 5%, as you noted, didn't have a whole lot of effect because there was quite right. much nitrogen there. So look for what something on the bag. It'll say turf fertilizers, lawn fertilizer, something to that effect. That's the stuff to use and typically it'll have a pretty high uh, first number. Awesome. Okay. I guess that about solves all my problems. I hope I have Ross. a bright green lawn coming this summer. And Ross, I want you to go to my website and just type the word calendars, C-A-L-E-N-D-A-R-S, plural, calendars. Because if you type that word at WalterReeves.com, it takes you to the page that has all the lawn care calendars and what to do in what month and how much lime to put out and how much water it needs and how much seed to put out if you're, if you're planting seed. And I, knew, and I know you need that because I know the good people of Coweta County want you to have the prettiest lawn down there. All right. Well, I guess right. I'm going to have it laminated and put up in my garage. So thank you very much, Walter. <laughs> A lot of people do that, Ross. Thanks for calling, man. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty is the number on Lawn and Garden. We have time to do the weekend prize pack. Back at the studio, Ashley Frasca is thinking of a number between two and seven. Ooh, this is nice. The number between two and seven to determine who will win a $100 gift card to Fogo de Chao, which is a Brazilian steakhouse here in Atlanta. $100. That will buy some Brazilian steak. Yes, sir, it will. And a family four-pack of tickets to the Atlanta Gladiators' last home game on April the 8th at the Infinite Energy Arena. Four-pack of tickets and a $100 gift card to Fogo de Chao. Ashley, who's going to win? Caller number seven. Caller number seven, you got to work it, 404-741-0750 to our contest line, 404-741-0750. Dial carefully, don't wake anyone up. Real quickly, I think we can get Stuart in here. Stuart's down in Jackson, Georgia, been waiting a long time, and let's get him done. 30 seconds, Stuart, let's go. Ash, I got an ash uh, tree, been here since I moved here in 03. Yeah. I think the house was built in 01. Uh, the branches just seem like uh, like a cutworms, uh, you know, they just fall off all the time. Yeah. And the sap, you know, the sap's coming out, beginning to come drip out of them now. Ash tree, ash tree. We don't have that many ashes around. You got white ash occasionally here and there, but not too many of them. This is a you're white. You're sure it's an ash tree and not a hickory tree? No, sir. It ain't no hickory. I know my tree's a little bit All right. The reason I'm asking is because hickories do have a borer that cuts limbs off that drop out of hickory and pecan trees. This is not a hickory. So, it's ash. All right. All right. Ash you know, they grow down around the creeks and rivers a yeah. lot. True enough. You've waited 30 minutes for this answer, Stuart. And Norm Mitlider and I both are sitting here shaking our heads saying, ash trees, what would cause an ash tree's you know, leaves and limbs bog, and twigs to fall? It comes yeah. off, you know, wind will yeah. blow it off. It's not a history. I, studied, I don't I have an answer for you, Stuart. When I was in school. Stuart, you win the prize of the answer that Walter could not, or the question that Walter could not answer on a Saturday morning, because I have not a clue. I will give you this, Stuart. There are people around who are much smarter than me driving around, listening to the radio, and you know, just paying attention a little bit to the show. And if someone can tell me why an ash tree would be, as you said, Stuart, losing leaves, losing bark, 
Uh, just generally not looking very thrifty out there. I would love to know. We don't have the ash borer down here, so I'm not, not thinking about ash borers. But we will figure it out, hopefully, as a group and have an answer for you sometime this morning. It's 7.48. We'll be back after this. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. You heard it just a minute ago. Mid-70s during the afternoon, mid-50s overnight. Chance of rain for the next couple of days, but very spotty chances of rain. So check your radar and listen for the full weekend forecast when it comes up 10 minutes from now. Real quickly, we got time for Chris to come in with us. Chris, you are on News Talk WSB. Hey, Chris, good morning. Good morning. How can I help, Chris? I think that was John Travolta and Saturday Night Fever. You're trying. Why, to Chris? Up. You are the man, and I've never had, I've never had the pleasure of you in a class where I made somebody stand up and point their <laughs> finger in the air, the finger down here, and then recommend. No, I got. You don't want to be in that. Great stand of fescue grass back when it was warm in February, and as soon as I had good germination, I put out pre-emergent, and I still got poa annual. Everywhere. Yeah, now it's all yeah. going to seed and it's making me crazy. A great huge sigh comes from the radio host of the Lawn and Garden Show because. <laughs> Don't be well, stumped, Walter. When did you put the pre emergent out? What time of year last winter? Fall? This was a month ago. I had. Now that oh, man, that, that annual bluegrass has already sprouted and gone to the races and had supper by the time you put it out a month ago. Annual bluegrass sprouts in October, November. I'm thinking of POA annual. I'm talking about annual bluegrass POA annual, which sprouts in October, November. Yes. Oh. Mm. <laughs> Chris, here's the well, calendar. How do I the get ahead of it? You started September and October, but the real reason that a lot of POA annual did not come under control at all this year was more the drought than anything else. There was a lot of dry weather, and everybody who heard me say back in September, before I thought the drought was going to last for three months or whatever it did, I said, oh, put your pre-emergent out now, and talk about the rain will come and dissolve it into the soil, get that done. And what turned out was that the dry weather kept the, the chemical in the pre-emergent from dissolving, which kept the poa annual from being controlled, which means the people like you, Chris, right now are saying, hey, I got poa annual. I got the annual bluegrass all over my lawn. What am I going to do? Right now, there's not much you can do. You can spot spray a little bit, maybe wipe it a little bit with Roundup to kill the poa annual where it is without hurting your grass.